0: I can't let that rooster story just sit there now. I'm a farmer myself. grew up on a farm, grew up milking cows at two in the morning. That's why I became a lawyer. I didn't like milking cows at two in the morning. There's got to be a better way to make a living. Sometimes I ask myself the question, why in the world would God make a lawyer the president of a Christian university? And it reminds me of a story of a farmer who was supposed to go to heaven, but somehow he ended up in the other place. But being a farmer, he made the best of it. He was a good man. And he noticed that the gates of hell were not swinging properly, so he got out his tools and he fixed the gates of hell. And he noticed that it was a little bit warm down there, so he got out his tools again and worked on the air conditioner. AND SO HELL WAS COOLED OFF A LITTLE BIT. AND THE LORD NOTICED, AND HE LOOKED DOWN FROM HEAVEN, AND HE SAID TO THE DEVIL, HE SAID, DEVIL, THAT FARMER IS SUPPOSED TO BE UP HERE IN HEAVEN. THE DEVIL SAID, WE KIND OF LIKE HIM DOWN HERE. AND THE LORD SAID TO THE DEVIL, HE SAID, DEVIL, YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND, WE'VE GOT IT IN WRITING RIGHT HERE IN THE LAMB'S BOOK OF LIFE. HERE'S THE FARMER'S NAME. AND THE DEVIL SAID, I DON'T CARE IF YOU GOT IT IN WRITING. He's staying here. And the Lord got really frustrated. He said, devil, if you don't get that man back up here, we're going to sue you. And the devil said, go right ahead, Lord. Where are you going to find a lawyer up there? <laughs> now, the truth is, we need Christian lawyers. Amen. We need Christian doctors. We need Christian physical therapists. We need Christian you fill in the blank because we live in a time coming out of this pandemic where living your career as a Christian means more than it ever has. It's a challenging time to be a president of a Christian university. You know, it seems as our culture wrestles with identity of gender, as our culture wrestles with greed, as our culture wrestles with where we are religiously and how we're going to view religion, man, you and I need people who have some solid values, don't we? I want to share with you a little bit from my book here that I've written. Now i got to correct, I think Brother Steve got some information that wasn't quite correct. Um, your, your first grader might be able to understand this book, but probably not. This book was written with the college and adult audience in mind. But it looks like a children's book, doesn't it? It really does. You see, it's, it's illustrated by Tommy Cawthon with original artwork that is flannel graph. Who remembers what flannel graph is or was? Yeah, you, you have those little flannel cut out Bible characters and you put them on the flannel board and our teachers would tell stories with that. Okay. This is flannel graph for adults and college students. Okay. But you high school folk, you all can understand it too. AND WE'RE ALL GOING TO GAIN A LESSON THAT I THINK WILL BE HELPFUL. NOW I WANT YOU TO UNDERSTAND, CINDY AND I DON'T MAKE A DIME OFF THIS BOOK. THIS BOOK HAS BEEN DISTRIBUTED, JUST GOT PRINTED IN JANUARY. IT'S BEING DISTRIBUTED, AND THE NET PROCEEDS GO TO AGAPE. AND THIS CHURCH HAS A LOT OF CONNECTIONS WITH AGAPE. LOTS OF FOLKS HAVE BEEN CONNECTED. THERE ARE PROBABLY SOME FOLKS HERE WHO HAVE BEEN ADOPTED THROUGH AGAPE. THERE ARE PROBABLY SOME FOLKS HERE WHO HAVE BEEN FOSTERED, OR ARE DOING FOSTER CARE through Agape. Steve Dewar, raise your hand, Steve, is with us here today. He is the director of Agape. Uh, and he came up today to be with us, brought his wife Shannon and their son James. Glad they are with us here today. We've got some books for sale out there and the proceeds will go to Agape. They are on a table. Uh, Jennifer was kind enough to do that. I think the board chair of Agape is Stephen Presley, isn't it? Sure is. Y'all know who Stephen is my first memory of Stephen was in a trailer at Auburn University, Conway Acres. Yes, and uh, we had a Bible study there together. And he thought I was a snotty little uh, stuck-up kid. I I don't know why. But Stephen and I got to know one another, and wow, what a great, godly, hard-working man. You look up hard work and diligence in the dictionary, it's got Stephen's name next to it, doesn't it? Yeah. And his wife... Uh, Jennifer, wow. Uh, finest folk from Butler County, Alabama, you know. Good, godly people. We're so glad to have that connection. There's some other folks I want to introduce to you today, and, and that is Nicole uh, Sims is with us. Nicole and her family came to be with us here today. Nicole is one of our recipients of the Jack Zorn Scholarship. If you want to study Bible at Faulkner University, you can do that. If you meet our qualifications, you can do that for free. That's right. Faulkner University, we're serious about helping grow ministers in the churches of Christ. And so we're so glad that she's with us here today, uh, along with her family. There's some other folks here. Mike Horn, where's Mike? There he is. Mike is our Bible recruiter. If you're interested in furthering your education in Bible or have questions about the Jack Zorn Scholarship or know someone who would, Mike is your contact right there. Karen Sims is with us. Where's Karen? There she is. I'm sorry, Karen Bruce. I said Sims. Karen Bruce, raise your hand, Karen. There we go. Karen uh, used to run our Birmingham campus. Faulkner has a Birmingham campus in Hoover, um, and she used to run that. Now she's running our uh, alumni relations. And we're so glad that she's with us here today. Uh, my sweet wife, Cindy, there's a whole row of people that I know and love right there as well. Some of you have already been introduced to my daughter, Ashby. And thank you for having such a great church. Um, my daughter, Lauren, came here uh, to go to school at UAB, and you opened up your arms to her. You welcomed her into this congregation. And lo and behold, if she didn't come away with a young man, wow, wow. You know, we encourage young people to get married at Faulkner University and to to start their lives together. It's it's a thrill for every father to to know that there's a good godly man that's been married to, or going to be married to his daughter. And Chase is a a good godly man. And we thank you for all of you who encouraged my, my child and my family. Now let's have a Bible lesson. Hey, before we do that, i got one quick thing I want to say. And that is, at at Faulkner University, we want you to help us, and we want to help you learn, we want to help you uh, work, and we want to help you be connected. If you're interested in learning, talk with Mike. He knows about the other things that, that we offer at Faulkner University. There are thousands of people who've started their education who haven't finished it. You can finish with Faulkner, online or on ground. You can get a great degree from Faulkner. We also are looking for people who want to work with Faulkner University, who want to work in Christian education. So, if you're like me and you've gotten to a point in your career and you want to, to give back, we welcome you to apply to work with us. There are jobs, just check us out online. And then finally, we want you to be connected with us. We want to be a resource for all the churches of Christ in this area. All right, last thing I'll do before I do my lesson is this. Raise your hand if you or a relative of yours uh, has some connection with Faulkner's, either worked there or been a student there. All right, look around you. Look at all the folk. Lots of folk here, so I feel right at home. Thank you. So, the next thing I want to do is share this Bible lesson. And forgive me if some of you folks in Vaughn Park have heard this, because I did deliver this lesson at Vaughn Park Jesus in the Tent. Jesus in the Tent. You see, this book that I've written is about connections between Old Testament stories and Jesus and the cross. In the book of John, in the very first chapter, did you know that there's this unique word here that is talked about? This word literally means tabernacle. From John chapter 1, verse 14, And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt, that word dwelt, it means tabernacled. Now we don't use the word tabernacle very much, do we? When you go camping, if you put up one of those things and you sleep under it so you won't get wet, what do you call that? It's a tent. But in the Old Testament, tents were referred to as tabernacles. So John, the apostle, is saying that Jesus came and lived with us, and he, he, he tented with us. He camped out with us, in other words. So the Word became flesh. He dwelt among us. That caught my eye, and it began a thought process. You know, I wonder if there's some connection between Jesus and the Old Testament tabernacle. Well, there's another scripture from the last chapter of the book of Luke and I think it's important for us to make connections because that's what Jesus did. Do you remember the story of the two men who were really upset after Jesus had died and had been buried? Okay, they're walking along the road to Emmaus, and something is said. This, this next slide says, he, he said to them, Oh, foolish ones, Jesus is talking to them, they don't recognize it's Jesus. Foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? They were sad because they weren't sure that Jesus really was the Messiah. He had been killed. And Jesus says, No, it's supposed to happen this way. And then listen to this beginning at Moses, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the Scriptures, that's the Old Testament Scriptures, the things concerning Himself. So where did Jesus start in order to build the faith of these two men who were doubting whether He was real? He started with Moses. So let's start with Moses. What is the story of this tabernacle In the Old Testament, God told the people, told Moses to let them make me a sanctuary, a special tent, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, the pattern, keep that word in mind, the pattern of all of its furniture, the pattern of this tabernacle is important even so shall you make it. Now the ESV Bible has got this nice diagram of the tabernacle. You see there's a big courtyard around it. And then there's the tent. Now this tent has been cut away. Okay, Someone has snipped off the outside of the tent so we can peer into the inside of it. And if you go to the next slide you can see even closer up there's some special things inside this tabernacle. There is a number of furnishings. There's some curtains, but there's some stuff in there. And is there a connection between that stuff and Jesus? Well, I want to I ask you a question here. This is where it's okay to talk during the sermon, all right? I want to ask you the question. In the New Testament, particularly in the book of John, there were certain times when Jesus made a declaration about Himself. And He said, I am And then you fill in the blank. Okay. There are a bunch of these sayings. Can you help me with some of those? I am the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Good. I am the, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the bread of life. Yes. All these things. Okay. Well, let's see if there's a connection between those I am statements and Jesus. Now, if you've got your little handout here, and there were a few out by the communion bread. Okay. Looks like this. Actually, I folded mine up. It looks like this. There we go. All right, Jesus in the tent. If you got that with you, you can get out your pen and you can take down some notes. If you don't have this, you can take down some notes. Here you go. So, the first connection we want to look at is the front of the tent. How many doors did the tabernacle have? From the the book of Exodus, chapter 26, it says, You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen made by a weaver. Well, what did Jesus say about the door in the New Testament? From the book of John, it says, John chapter 10, 7 through 9, Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door singular, one door. I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, if anyone enters by me, listen to this, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So Old Testament tabernacle, there's one door. Jesus says, I am the door. Isn't that interesting? Well, within that door, there's some special furnishings. And if we zoom in on that cutaway and look a little bit, there's some special things inside that one door. To the right of the door, as you walk in, there's a special table. It's a table that's covered with bread. Remember, it figured prominently when David was running away from Saul, and he and his men were hungry, and they came to the tabernacle at Shiloh, and the priest said, I don't have any food for you, all I have is this, starts with an S showbread, showbread. It was special bread that God commanded to be put inside that one door to the right. And let's read about it. From the book of Exodus, it says, You shall set before me showbread on the table before me always. It's eternal bread. It's supposed to be there all the time. And from the New Testament, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never go hungry, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So if you're filling this out you can put where the D is, door, and on tabernacle column you can put one door. And below that where the B is you can put bread or, um, or bread of life, and then under the tabernacle column you put show bread. Okay, you with me? All right, let's go on and look to the left. So to the left There is a lampstand. And the next scripture says, you shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be hammered work. And it gives the details about flowers and things that would be on that all made out of one piece. And then what did Jesus say about light? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life." So there's one door inside that door, there is bread to the right, and there is light to the left. And Jesus says, I am the door, I am the bread, and I am the light of the world. Isn't that interesting? Let's look a little bit further. Jesus said, or I'm sorry, in the Old Testament said, by God to Moses, that you've got to make this tent out of something special. You've got to make the tent out of something special. And from the book of Exodus, we learn that the special thing that God made the tent out of is ramskins, ramskins. So from the book of Exodus, it says you shall make a covering of ramskins, but not just any ramskins. Ramskins dyed a particular color dyed red, and above that, a cover of badger skins. And then what did Jesus say about sheep and himself? He said, I'm the what? The good shepherd, the good shepherd. Now notice that the ram skins, that's sheep skins, by the way. These sheep skins, it's a particular gender. Rams are what gender? They're males, all right? And these sheep skins from a male sheep are dyed what color? Isn't that interesting? When Jesus began his ministry, he had an encounter with a wild man named John the Baptist. And in that encounter, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And after his baptism, there were disciples of John the Baptist, people who were following him, sitting around. And John the Baptist said something to these disciples of his about Jesus. He said, Behold the what? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is a Lamb of God, a male Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world through His red blood. Isn't it interesting that the tabernacle is made out of male Sheep skins dyed blood red. Okay? So, um, we've got one door of a tabernacle. Inside that door, there is to the right bread, to the left, there is light of the world. The whole tent is made out of ram skins dyed red. And Jesus says, I'm the door. Jesus says, I'm the bread. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And Jesus is the Lamb of God, the male. Ram, lamb, who takes away the sin of the world by his red blood. Isn't that interesting? Now the next one is a little bit more difficult and challenging, but I'm confident that this church is filled with Bible scholars who can help me with this. And someone said this earlier, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Okay, so where do we find something that has been resurrected in The tabernacle, where there's something there, and this scripture is kind of long, but bear with me for a second. I'm going to skip over it a little bit. The next one, slide there, pull that up. There we go. Speak to the children of Israel. Get them a rod from each father's house, all their leaders according to their father's houses, 12 rods. You shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you, and it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom." Some of you may have never seen this scripture before, but some of you have. Here's the story. Children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. They're wandering around in the desert. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're complaining. Okay? And during that time, there is a rebellion that arises. And there's a group of, of leaders that want to take the children of Israel back to Egypt To slavery because the food's better and it was a better life for them than they're experiencing out in the desert, they think. God gets tired of it and so he comes and he says, We're going to make a challenge. He takes a rod, okay, from each, each elder, one from each tribe, and he puts it there. Let's go to the next slide. Moses spoke to the children of Israel. Each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's house as 12 rods and the rod of who? Aaron. Now Aaron is Moses' brother. They're from the tribe of, starts with the L, Levi. This is the priesthood tribe, okay, from the tribe of Levi. Um, Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness and then look what happened. The next day... They budded. One rod budded. It came back to life. Not only did it come back to life, that rod blossomed with flowers, and the almonds were ripe on it. Now think about it. Those 12 sticks that were there before the Ark of the Covenant Overnight, Were they alive? Were those sticks alive or dead? They were dead. But one of those sticks was resurrected and fully resurrected with leaves and blossoms and almonds. Isn't that cool? And we read on in the book of Hebrews that, um, that, rod that blossomed was put inside something called the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. So what did Jesus say about resurrection? He said to Lazarus' sister, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Isn't that interesting? Now, let's go to the next slide there. Um, We've got something here. Now, being an attorney, I try to be very careful about copyright laws. I don't want to violate any laws. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, and so I got on the Internet. I was looking for an image of the Ark of the Covenant. And all the images I found, you know, you had to pay this fee, and they were copyrighted. But I found one that wasn't. Right here from Amazon.com, you can buy an almost-to-scale version of a jewelry box shaped... Like the Ark of the Covenant. Now that rod of Aaron was put inside that Ark of the Covenant. And there were two other things that were put inside that Ark of the Covenant, okay? Let's read about what they were. Let's go to the next slide. So um, the Ark of the Covenant had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Now, uh, one of the first I am statements I heard over here was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said that. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to think about way, truth, and life, and I want you to think about those three things. What do you use a rod for? Walking along the way. What are the tablets of stone etched with? The words of God, right? The words of God, the truth. And then what is that manna but the bread of life that came down from heaven? So within the Ark of the Covenant, you have the way, the truth, and the life. The way is the rod. The truth is the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. And the the life is the bread of life, which is the manna. Now, the next one is a little bit more challenging as well. Let me flip this over, make sure I stay in order. Okay. So, do you remember what God called himself when he first met Moses? When he first met Moses, he's speaking to Moses from the bush. And Moses is talking with God, and God's telling him to go back to Egypt. And Moses is a little nervous about going back to Egypt and facing Pharaoh and bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, isn't he? And so he begins to make something that starts with an E. What does he begin to do? Make excuses, yes. And one of those excuses was, God, uh, I don't know what your name is. What do I tell the people about what your name is, God. And God says, tell them that I am sent you. I am sent you. So God refers to himself as I am. God met with his people, I am met with his people in the tabernacle. He met with Moses and spoke with him there from the Ark of the Covenant. And the scriptures say that that Ark of the Covenant, which is made out of gold with those two angel cherubim on top of it, is special. Look here from Exodus 25, it says, "There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on top of the Ark of the Covenant, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. And then Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, how is this connected? Now, I've got to confess to you, if you'll pull up the next slide. For a long time, I've had a lot of trouble with the Ark of the Covenant and the way God asked Moses to make it. Because one of those commandments on that stone tablet inside the Ark of the Covenant there is the commandment that says, "Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven what? Images. And yet, what's on top of the Ark of the Covenant? It's two graven images of angels. Now, as an attorney, I was able to reconcile that, okay? There's always the rule, and then there's the exception to the rule. And if God wants to make the rule, don't make any graven images, but he wants to make an exception because he wants his Ark of the Covenant to look pretty or whatever reason he might have, (laughs) you know, I'm okay with that. But I found out while doing this study Those angels are there for a purpose. And I discovered it when I read the last few chapters of the book of John. John chapter 20, starting in verse 11. After Jesus has been crucified, on the third day, look what happens. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and she wept, as she wept, She stooped down, she looked into the tomb, and she saw what? Two angels. But John didn't stop there. He gives this detail. Look at this. In white, they were sitting one at the head, and the other at the feet, where Jesus' body had laid. There in the tomb, God recreated the mercy seat, the two angels facing one another, and I am Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate. I am was from between those two angels in real life. And he declared from between those two angels when his body was reincarnated with life that I, Jesus, the Son of God, I am conquered death. And because of that, people, this church will grow. This church will thrive. This church will experience a spiritual awakening when we consider The power of God's scriptures. Because it's all one absolutely incredible, amazing story that makes sense. There is one door, Jesus. There is bread, Jesus, the bread of life. There is light in the tabernacle, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is I am. And even the smallest details in the Old Testament foreshadow and bring us forward to Jesus. And listen to me. If you don't get anything else, get these next words. You can't make this up, it's real. If you have a need today, won't you come while we stand and while we sing?